It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. It's Wednesday, and you got through the day. If you're listening to the Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer, that means you are more than likely either on your way home or you're cooking up a meal for the kids or the significant other, whomever that may be. You know, when you listen to morning shows, you know, you hear them say happy hump day, but you still, you're not over the hump. You still have to get over the hump. Now you're over the hump. By the time you get to the Power Hour, you're, you are you're in the home stretch to the weekend, which I hope is going to be a great weekend, although I heard it's going to be a little rough on, on Saturday because I got one of these. Uh, my secretary, Denny, oh, you're not allowed to say secretary anymore. My executive assistant or whatever politically correct name that she has who's been with me for 23 years for Christmas bought me one of these um, uh, pizza ovens. And I am very excited to go outside and make some pizza. Guess what I gave up for Lent, amongst other things? Pizza. But um, I'll have Arthur, I'll have Luca, and I'll have plenty of participants. And I think on a Sunday, God will forgive me uh, if I eschew the sacrifice he gave me. If I just have a couple of bites and make sure it is delicious. Um, I'm pretty fired up because I came back from court. And although I had to wear a mask, there's just such a huge difference being in the courtroom live with the with the energy and uh, it's the same honestly when uh i i do this show sometimes from my law office and i do this show today from the studio and although it helps the lawyers in my law office for me to be there a few more uh hours of the day it's a different vibe when i'm here in the studio i'm looking right at sam bellino i get to see how handsome he is um, I have Nick Malone, who's here. There's a guy walking down the hallway with bright orange hair, who's a good guy. I think, what do they call him? Sam Molina, what do they call that guy? Uh, the redhead. Oh, the redhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, let's not refer to him by name. That is the great Joe Sibelia. He is Joe, he's the, he is the, the straw that serves, that stirs the Piscopo in the morning drink. Uh, don't tell that to Al Gattulo. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I was in court and, you know, there's just, there's just a different energy when you're there than when you're sitting at your desk looking at a computer, arguing on behalf of your client. And this was a client who um, I'm quite fond of, and um, his whole family was there. And although, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to preface this by telling you, although I did not get the results that I wanted under these particular circumstances, I was in front of a judge who was so thoughtful and so prepared um, and I, you know, I'm, I am going to name him by name, even though my partners will probably say you shouldn't do that, but it's, it's Supreme court justice, Tom Farber. Um, he, you know, he's a, he's definitely a veteran. Um, but you know, w- there are times when you stand up there as a lawyer and you're making this passionate speech and you're really putting your heart into it and you have no clue as to whether the judge is paying attention, whether he's, he's Googling, you know, what time is a movie tonight or what's on TV, um, I would like to think they all pay attention, but it's very, very obvious that 
Judge Farber was paying attention and he was listening and he clearly read all of the submissions that we put in before the court because he was referencing them uh, in his remarks at the end. And you know, I, I just hope that between Eric Adams' appointments, because he gets to appoint certain judges, the governor's appointments, because he, she or he get to make certain appointments, they appoint court of claims judges, and then the elected officials, uh, the, the electorate gets to pick some judges, although that's an interesting situation because a lot of times by the time the candidates get on the ballot, it's almost already decided. Like, the, you'll go into the voting booth, it'll say, vote for five, and there's five judges' names, so they're obviously all going to win. Um, but to have a judge uh, you know, really take into consideration all of the arguments of both sides, and even when you get a result that you don't you don't you're not fond of let's put it that way there's a degree of satisfaction that hey i gave it my best shot my client and his family says i gave it their best my best shot um and the judge clearly listened pay attention thought about it uh, contemplated it and uh, and then gave a very um detailed um analysis of why he reached the conclusion that he did on that particular case. So, uh, you know, hats off to um, the criminal justice system, putting some people uh, on the bench. And, you know, there are several people like Judge Farber, um, but we could use everyone to be like Judge Farber because uh, the city would be a better place for all of us to reside. The skill set of being a criminal defense attorney, I, I couldn't help but make the analogy, and pardon me if you think this is too egotistical, but when I was listening to President Zelensky today, and you know, I I was mesmerized watching it. I very rarely turn on the television in the morning. I just go to little Google. I said, "Hey Google, put on AM nine seventy the answer," and I listen to Joe Piscopo. Well, yeah, this is Joe in the morning. Yeah, well, we're gonna have KT McFarlane on. It's a Tuesday, and you know, because it's you know, it's very interesting. And I always learn something from Joe and from the guests that he has. Um, but today, when I saw it, it actually popped up on my phone that Zelensky was speaking, I did something I I almost never do. I turned on the television. I said, "I want to see this," and um, you know, he was great, and his. His delivery was great, et cetera, et cetera. The substance, the whole nine yards. But when you do the job that that a criminal defense attorney does, you are often in the position of knowing kind of when to hold him and when to fold him. When to play, you know, tough guy and um, tell the prosecutor, whether it's a state prosecutor or a federal prosecutor, well, we're going to we're standing up to you. We know you're, you're the United States of America. It's, it's the United States of America versus John Doe. And all you have as John Doe is Arthur Idala or, or, or Joe Tacopina or Steve Toronto at your side fighting for you. And it is, it is totally a David and Goliath situation. Don't be fooled, right? So the government has the U.S. Attorney's Office. They have the FBI. They have um, the Secret Service, the Treasury Department. They have ev- everything at their disposal. Uh, and also, many of the judges are former prosecutors. So you kind of see which way they lean. And you have to come to a point where you, you push as far as you can, but it's your client's life on the line, and you have to know when it's time to fold them. And... You know, I don't know, and I'm not saying I'm not making any accusations here. Did President Zelensky did he do his best to reach a quote unquote plea bargain 
with Putin or the um, the ambassadors or or the surrogates of Putin to shield his his people from the punishment, the devastation that they are receiving. I mean, if you watch that video that they put on there, of, of course, I mean, it doesn't bring a tear to your eye. There's got to be something in your heart. I mean, little kids, pregnant moms. I mean, I'm not talking about what pieces of garbage the, the Russians are who are ordering the, these, this devastation. But sometimes people who I deal with in the government who are coming after the little guy, the citizen, you know, they're, they're I'm not going to go as far as saying pieces of garbage, but they're a little heavy handed. And my job as the, as to, to, and, and any criminal defense attorney's job, this isn't just about me, is to protect the little guy from the big guy and knowing when to push and when to pull and when to take it all the way and when to say, OK, we're going to put it down our arms and, and plea bargain this out. And, you know, it's great. I, I enjoy I so enjoyed speaking today and, and, and being in the court and being dramatic and preparing and, uh, you know, but. The, the hard part is, and there are times where there are cases I want to go to trial. I do because it's going to be exciting and it's going to be fun and I'm going to get notoriety and it's going to be in the newspapers. And then I analyze the case and I say, you know what? But that's not going to be in the little guy, the client's best interest. And, you know, if you win the case, you're a hero. But when you lose the case and the guy goes to jail for 25 years to life, his family says, well, why didn't he take a plea? Why didn't you do something where he was guaranteed not to get this type of of pain and damage and I just when I, my heart breaks for the people who are being killed and maimed and the buildings that are being destroyed and a country that's being destroyed and I couldn't help but thinking did President Zelensky do everything he could in his power to stop this from happening and making some sort of a deal with Putin I'm not saying he didn't I just don't know enough about whether in fact that he did we're going to have a, a Republican candidate coming up right after this for mayor for governor bye So you heard me say goodbye, but you know what we don't know in life? When we're going to say goodbye. Nobody knows when their time is up. I mean, euthanasia is not uh, it's not legal here in the United States of America, at least not at this point. Um, so you need to be prepared. And let's cut to the chase. How do you become prepared? You go and visit Connors and Sullivan. Yes, they are the people who know what they're doing because they've been doing it for 40 years. 718-238-6500 is the number. I've thrown these numbers at you before that nursing homes could be up to $500 a day, hospitals more than that, $15,000 a month, $20,000 a month. Think about it. In a year, it's a, it's a quarter of a million bucks that could be gone. And you may be entitled to government help. There may be a way to put your money in a place where it's shielded and you can get more government help. Don't panic and don't do this on your own. Call Connors and Sullivan. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same things that you're going through for 40 years. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for. They'll also help you devise a plan to, de- to avoid losing all of your hard-earned lifelong income to health care costs. Call Connors & Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. It's definitely not too late if you're listening to this show. That means you're in good shape. The time to act is now. Don't wait. Call Connors & Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. You'll be glad that you did.
The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Derek Gibson. Now, Derek Gibson at this point in your life may not be a household name, but if he has his way, he will be a household name. Uh, At the very least, he will be the Republican candidate running against uh, the Democratic candidate for Governor Kathy Hochul's seat. Now, Derek is joined in the uh, Republican primary by Rob, Rob Astorino, Michael Carpinelli, Andrew Giuliani, Chris Lord, Harry Wilson, and Lee Zeldin. But Lee Zeldin, but Derek Gibson, um, he is a, uh, I believe he's a Queens resident now, grew up in New York, but then went down to Georgia pretty quickly, and now he came back, and he is telling us he is going to fix New York State. Ladies and gentlemen, Republican candidate for Governor Derek Gibson. Mr. Gibson, welcome to the show. Good evening. Good afternoon. Mr. Gibson is here on the show. I love that introduction. And yes, this is what I will do. I will fix New York State. If anyone can fix it, I can. If Gibson is not there, we are all screwed. Okay. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. But here's the story there, Mr. Gibson. Let, let me ask you this question. You Let's say you, you, you upset the world, right? The biggest upset that 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 could happen you win the republican primary you beat the democratic nominee and you are the governor on january the 1st of 2023 and what are you doing that first day or that first week in office what is your number one priority for the state of new york my number one priority is to sign an executive order the first day on the job declaring new york state of crime epidemic, therefore put a stop to bail reform. That is my first order of business. Okay, so now we get the bail reform is stopped and crime is still going on and kids in school are still not getting the uh, the level of education they deserve. So, and I, I'm sure I can list a couple. The, the, the joblessness rate is still up. The, the homelessness rate is still up. Tell me, tell me, Mr. Gibson, from your point of view, what is it that you need to do? How are you going to grab the bull by the horns and take New York State in the right direction? Exactly. Thank you, because I will grab the bull by the horns with uh, my crime, crime agenda. I will enact the state police to uh, work along with our uh, city police. I will offer that to the mayor of New York City, whoever it may be at the particular time. I also will uh, call up the National Guard to work alongside our police because crime must be gotten under control uh, uh, foremost. We must get that done in order to bring an economic plan in, in order to get the school system where it needs to be so we can concentrate on educating our children uh, with math, science, history, 
and get rid of CRT, get rid of any sex education in the school's LGBT uh, agenda. I want to dissolve the Board of Education. It did well for a while, and it has out, outlived itself. So let me, let me just make sure. Okay, let me let me just, because you threw a lot of us there, Mr. Gibbs. So, number one, you said whoever the mayor is. Unless something catastrophic happens, if you get sworn in on January 1st, I believe Eric Adams will be the mayor. I certainly hope so. Um, now, you want to get rid of sex education in the schools. Is that for... All age levels, all grade levels, or are you going to target a, is there a cutoff point where it begins or where it ends? That's a cutoff point. Uh, you know, sex education been in school, but we usually do it uh, 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 when the kids are around 11, 12 years old, and we don't go that deep into sex education uh like we know, that's something that the family must do itself. This must come out of the home. But the things that you see going on now in certain school systems, they start in kindergarten and in uh, first, second, third grade, we have absolutely no business doing that, and I will ban that in the state of New York. Okay, and you said something about LGBTU stuff. Well, what What is your position on, on the gay uh, movement and, and gay education in school, et cetera, et cetera? No, I don't want that talk in our school. It has no place in our school. That's something else you want to do in the home, keep it in the home. We don't want to influence our students one way or the other, although we uh, want them not to grow and come through life. If they grow up and they find out they are gay or whatever, okay, that's you, but don't push it over into the school system. Okay. Yes. I have great friends like other people do too, but I just don't agree with pushing that onto our, into our school. So, so how do you, how do you think a teacher? Let's just say in the third grade, the second grade of the third grade, uh, a teacher is approached by one of the students and says, "You know, teacher, you know, I have a mother and a father, but Carly has two fathers. I I don't understand what what that means. Could you explain that to me? What it, what would it? What should a teacher say?" A, to a third grader under those circumstances. So uh, if you came up in a household with two uh, two fathers, all well and fine, that's uh, how you was brought up. But we're not, like, once again, I said, we're not going to carry that over into the school system. Uh, There's no need for a teacher to even get involved. But what, uh, what if and, the student, and, what, Derek, what if the student asks the teacher to be, I understand your position. The teacher shouldn't be uh, educating the kids on that at such a low, at such a young age. But what if the student brings it up to the teacher? If a student, bring, uh, throw a question out there, make sure I'm understanding you correct. Because uh, like I said, the teacher had no business going into that. So if a student, I guess, for example, come in and ask, uh, what kind of question you assume a student would ask? Let, what, what, what if a student says, uh, I I have a mom and a dad, and Gerard has a mom and a dad, and Madison has a mom and a dad, but Carly has two dads, and there's no mom. And I'm I'm trying to figure this out. Can you help me explain this? Can you help me figure this right. out, teacher? It's going to be hard to figure out. And if I was a teacher in that position, I mean, okay, well, okay, your two dads, whatever is, uh, that's fine if you have two dads. That's fine if you have two moms, but I wouldn't elaborate on it. Uh, like I was saying, don't go into that part. If you're not in school to say, discuss uh, whether you have two dads or whether you have two moms. The school system is not for that. So when our teachers should be barred from even taking it in further than that. You are there to teach, not to uh, share your opinion on whether the two dads are wrong or the two moms are wrong or whatever. You just need to stay out of public education. So in other words, your your answer, you would advise the teachers to say to the student, 
Um, yes, Carly has two dads. Um, and that, you know, if you wanted more information on that, why don't you go home and ask your mom and dad about that? And if you have any other questions, you can come back in the morning. Is that something that would be acceptable to you? That is 100% correct, and that's where I was going with this statement because, once again, that is not to be taught, elaborated on in the school So The school system is not set up for that. Okay, now I notice, um, uh, you know, it, reading some of your agenda, uh, I, I, the one thing I didn't see is what is your position about guns and gun control for the state of New York? Okay, so my platform, my platform consists of pro-Second Amendment. I, I was born uh, in Jamaica, Queens, New York. At a young age, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia area where I was raised, where I was educated. And I got introduced to guns well, going back and forth around six, five or six years old, learning how to carry them, taught the safety of them, taught to respect human life. Uh, gone was for hunting, gone was for only for self-defense, protecting yourself. So I learned that at an early stage. And our kids need to learn this also. Uh, guns are not bad. It's the individual, the humans themselves. Uh, the guns are not violent. It's the humans themselves. We have mental illness going on. And like I said, we don't have how teaching our kids respect for life. So okay, I so am very we're lucky enough. We're, we're lucky enough. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Derek. I apologize. But we're, we're lucky enough to have Republican uh, candidate for the nomination for governor, Derek Gibson, on the line with us. And um, regarding, you know, what what the respect that you were speaking of with with guns and your position on guns, what if you were presented with um, verified data from a source that you trusted that showed crime was the lowest in New York City or New York State when there was the most substantial and severe gun control laws enforced, when there were the least amount of guns on the street, when the gun laws were the strictest, that's when the crime was the lowest. Would that change your position in any way, shape, or form? If the data show that legal citizens are uh, with, with guns or without guns, the crime was a, a legal citizen, and that was showing that data currently does not show that uh, gun mm. crime is for people illegally possessing guns on the street. So that is the data that is currently available to us. Now, if it was Dallas showing that law-abiding citizens committed more crimes uh, with guns than we did without guns, then I'd be for gun control. Okay. So, Derek, real quick, you know, we only got a minute left, but how are you going to get your name out there? How are you going to raise money? How are you going to let people know who Derek Gibson is and how he's going to change New York State? Right, and I'm out there every day. I'm traveling the state of New York, and a lot of people know me. You'll be surprised. Uh, and I don't concentrate on the money because money seems to buy a person's voice. So I'm a grassroots candidate, and I talk to the people. I protest and walk with the people daily. But you can look me up, get to the number for governor.com, and find out more about me. My direct telephone number on there. You can call me if you have any questions. Give me that website one more time, Mr. Derek Gibson. It's Gibson, the number four, governor. All right. Well, good luck to you, sir. Fight hard. And I'm all about a uh, the democratic process. So everyone deserves deserves a chance. So go out there, ride the subway, shake the hands and, you know, do your best to, in your opinion, make New York State the best that it could be. Thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Gibson. Thank you and have a blessed day. All right. So you got everyone on this show. We've had Astorino. We had um, Giuliani. We had Lee Zeldin. We got Derek Gibson. 
So we're going to keep on going until we knock them all out. We'll be right back. Lawyers all around, listen up. It is Empire State Bank. Empire State Bank. They have designed a special program just for us. Those of us who have taken the oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America and the Constitution of the State of New York. Those attorneys who are licensed to practice in New York State, they have Attorney Advantage Banking, which is a specialized program to meet the challenges of all law firms, especially their IOLA accounts. Their escrow account management is built for attorneys and law firms with the fiduciary responsibility of managing clients' funds. For example, if someone wants to buy a house and they give you the down payment, which is $25,000 or $50,000, that does not go into an operating account where you could touch it. That goes into an IOLA account where you cannot touch it at all until that closing is completed and all the documents are signed and you have been released. You have been told you can release the money. The way it works at Empire State Bank is you have one master checking account with unlimited sub-accounts for each client. So if each each person who comes in to do a house closing, you open up another sub-account for them, and their money goes in that individual account, and you don't have the headaches of keeping track of all of these different clients when all the money is in the same pot. You can allocate account interest, generate reports, disperse funds, generate year-end tax preparation, and your funds are safe. You know why? Because at Empire State Bank, they provide FDIC insurance greater than $250,000. So open an IOLA checking account and take your law firm to the next level with Attorney Advantage Banking exclusively at Empire State Bank with locations in Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Queens. Just call them today at 833-393-7700, 833-393-7700, or visit esbna.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Smoke Signals Radio, your answer to everything you and all smokers need to know about stopping tobacco with smoking cessation expert Matthew Bars. Matt has a quit rate of 70%, and you can quit too. Smoke Signals, every Saturday at noon on AM 970, The Answer. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Coming up tonight at 7 on Wellness Night, uh, Radio Night Live, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, the patriarch of the Fox News Medical All-Stars, will step in with us and talk to us about the health challenges Ukrainian refugee children will now face. It's a serious conversation. I hope you'll join us tonight at 7. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970. The Answer. 
We have generally clear skies, 55 degrees on this Wednesday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. A new anti-crime street unit is being deployed this week to help bring down gun violence here in New York City. Let's get more from Scott Pringle. A similar controversial plainclothes anti-crime unit was disbanded by the former mayor after being criticized for aggressive tactics. Well, Mayor Eric Adams says mistakes of the past have been addressed. He says this newly formed unit will wear body cameras and modified uniforms, but will travel in unmarked police vehicles. We must rebuild the trust that was eroded, and we must um, build the public safety that was eroded, and we're saying we could have both together. Teams of five officers are being sent to 30 areas of the city where the most shootings have occurred over the last year. It's a key part to the mayor's plan to address a spike in crime. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is tackling workplace harassment and discrimination with some new legislation. Liz Warner explains. The governor signed a new package of bills which include the establishment of a toll-free confidential hotline to report workplace sexual harassment issues, along with a law prohibiting the release of personnel records as a retaliatory action against employees. Another new law will include the state and all public employers as subject to the provisions of the human rights law. The governor signed the bills at a Women's History Month celebration alongside advocates for gender equity and women's rights. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Liz. Taking a look at the traffic, 30 to 40 minutes outbound at the Holland Tunnel, 10 to 15 on the citybound side, 20 to 30 minutes outbound at the Lincoln, 5 to 10 inbound, and we're good to go with the George Washington Bridge. Your forecast, clouds will be rolling in shortly, chance of light rain overnight, low 47, a higher likelihood of rain tomorrow, especially in the morning and early afternoon, high of 56, sunshine on Friday, high 65, then showers back into the forecast for Saturday, before things turn sunny again on Sunday. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, I don't know how many other radio stations uh, are going to give Derek Gibson a, uh, a platform the way we just did. You know, there's thousands and thousands of people that listen here on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, y'all are driving home. I'm, I'm thinking like a guy from Georgia. Um, but... I don't know what you guys thought, but I, I actually found that pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Sambolino, what were, what were your thoughts about? I would about? say so. I mean, look, the, uh, he has some interesting views. Uh, it's a little bit out there as far as a Republican candidate, but um, you know, he, he may have some good ideas. I mean, and, if you, I mean, if you look at his platform, he's very pro Trump. Pro Trump. He's Proud Boys. There's he's, nothing you know, wrong with that. No, no. Uh, and, you know, and listen, to, to he, each his own. If he gets his word out there, if he gets his his name out there, he'll get a he'll get a percentage of the vote. I don't think a large percentage of the vote, possibly. But, but there know, are people in the candidate state of New like York. him. How much money can he raise to to go the full term? Well, That's you heard what he said. He's he's a grassroots candidate. He does <laughs> not need to raise any money. Now, while I'm I'm researching him, a, a, a um, article popped up actually in the Daily News uh, around I don't know three four o'clock today, and it says disgraced. Ex-Governor Andrew Cuomo. Now, I don't know why he's disgraced, because he resigned. He didn't get thrown out. Um, 
But, you know, I, that's what's going to sell papers. So he's disgraced. Ex-Governor Andrew Cuomo isn't just looking to clear his name. Now he wants his old job back. Cuomo, who resigned of his own volition last year in the wake of multiple sexual misconducts, uh, is eyeing a potential primary run against Governor Hochul, CNBC, first reported on Wednesday. Well, and while I'm on the air here, my friend uh, Matt Sambolino keeps his little TV. Well, there's a lot of TV is on here, but the one that's right in front of me uh, has, um, I just saw a Cuomo ad pop up. I don't have the sound on for obvious reasons, but um, it says here, um, but but the, I, it's an ad and it shows him in, in the uh, Albany Capitol. A poll released last week by Emerson College and The Hill found Cuomo would be a formidable, formidable challenger for Hochul should he enter the race ahead of the June primary. Hochul received 37% of Democratic voter support in a hypothetical match, matchup, while Cuomo garnered 33%. Um, you know, that's that's within the margin of error. So what, you know, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Andrew Cuomo should be running for governor again. I would not advise it. I would tell him that he should start running for president of the United States. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's what he wants. I mean, he wants to be president. And two years ago right now, maybe not right now, Maybe two years and like three weeks from now, when he was doing all of those 11 a.m. briefings, he was getting Nash international attention. He Andrew Cuomo was the face of the coronavirus because that's what it was. No one heard of covid. It was the coronavirus. He was the face. He was the man. And I don't care if you were Democrat, Republican, fascist or communist. Those early days when you didn't know what the heck was going on. You watched Andrew Cuomo. That was the, the, the to the point where he won an Emmy Award. Uh, the, the numbers, the rating numbers were through the roof. You know, I mentioned yesterday I had uh, lunch with, with, I was really lucky to have lunch with Ken Rosado from ABC News. And, I mean, he didn't tell me anything I didn't know, but he was speaking in generalities how all of the viewership has has gone down significantly um, now that it seems, God willing, that the coronavirus and COVID-19 and Delta and Omicron are subsiding and under control, um, the viewership is down. But back then, there was nothing else to do or watch. That was your source of information. And they had audiovisual parts and they had all the graphics and he had all the other people there who he was throwing to. I mean, again, I don't care what you want to say about Andrew Cuomo. That was a well-choreographed, well-oiled machine for quite some time. Um, to the point where, don't forget, the, the Democratic uh, nominations were going on for president of the United States. There were all kinds of rumors that they were going to push Biden aside and they were going to elevate Cuomo to be president of the United States. And that's why uh, I, I you shake your head about politics. And within a relatively short period of time, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. It reminds me of George H.W. Bush, who I think to date uh, holds the record for in the modern era of having the highest approval rate of any sitting president of the United States. And they're like the middle of their term. It was the 90 percentile when um, we invaded uh, Kuwait with shock and awe and all of that. And he went in and he came out um, and uh, I should say Iraq about, well, you know what I'm talking about, the Iraq Kuwait situation. Um, I'm still thinking about this case I did earlier today, but um, and then he wound up losing to to Bill Clinton a, a short time thereafter. 
And people say, oh, well, that was because of, uh, of Ross Perot. Actually, it, it wasn't because of Ross Perot. Clinton actually got whatever. That's a whole political thing a long time ago. I don't want to run down that rabbit hole. I do. It's interesting. Last night, I believe it was, Governor Hochul um, dropped the puck at Madison Square Garden at a Rangers game. And I do not. And it was like Women's Empowerment Night. And I do not believe she got a very warm reception from the Rangers fans. A lot of that has to do with the masks and the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. And we can talk now about how crazy that is as soon as we get off the topic of the governor, the governor's race. Um, The good thing is there are a lot of qualified people who are age appropriate. And I am not looking to be an ageist here, but... When I watched Nancy Pelosi uh, make the introduction of President Zelensky, she's either 80 or 81 years old. Someone find out how old Nancy Pelosi is. Um, You know, it's time to move over and let the younger people step in. When my dad came into my office at, she's 81 years old, thank you. When my dad came into my office when he was 79 and a half, uh, it was the beginning uh, of the year because his birthday is in June and he says I'm out of here in June and I said no you're not and he's like no no, no I am Arthur I, I'm going to be 80 years old I'm done I've done it all I've been working since I'm 16 I've been working for 64 years you got this it's time to pass it on to the next generation and I, as brilliant as my father is I don't think he could be running around doing the things that I'm doing uh, with multiple cases and multiple jurisdictions and having the uh, the technological expertise to handle all of this. And this has to be filed electronically. And this is a Zoom call. And uh, you got to text this and email that. But he was smart enough to say, you know what? Okay, uh, it's time for me to do other things. And he's not, it's not like he's home doing needlepoint. Um, you know, they're talking about who's going to be the next president. Well, is it going to be Joe Biden in his 80s? Is it going to be... Uh, Donald Trump, who's going to be close to his 80s. The Speaker of the House, who's 81. You know, uh, you look at Zelensky, he's like, he's sounding like he's an old man. I'm almost 45. And, uh, you know, my my age stopped. I mean, what he said was very heartfelt. And and listen, I don't want to minimize anything that that Zelensky said or did. And I don't want my comments um, earlier in the show to, you know, make you think I'm against the guy in any way, shape, or form. It's just, when I look at the damage now, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Was there a way to prevent the damage? I do have a cut that I would like to play um, from from the president this morning, because again, I thought he did an excellent job. He pulled on the heartstrings. And, and as, you know, again, that was the other thing that triggered me. Even today, you know, you try to give the judge, you, you ask for the moon, but, you know, or you ask for the stars, but then and then you also say, but if you can't give me the stars, give me the moon. And that's kind of what he did today. Strong doesn't mean weak. Strong is brave and ready to fight for the life of his citizens and citizens of the world. For human rights, for freedom, for the right to live decently and to die when your time comes. And so that's when he's talking about what he's doing. It's the little the little guy. So he's the little guy, right? He's the strong one. He's not the, the biggest one. Uh, and again, I can relate to that because the world I live in, I'm always rep- re- representing the little guy. Um, uh, and I just love the way, you know, he focused on, I mean, again, 
His whole mission, and he had accomplished it, was to pull on the heartstrings of the people who make the decisions to give us more, to give him more help. As the leader of my nation, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the niche. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. So, you know, he's obviously playing to his ego and throwing the challenge at him at the same time. So he's basically saying, look, you are the leader of the free world, but like you need to step up and you need to do the right thing. Now, they want to make Ukraine a no-fly zone. And, you know, the one person who I heard who said, you know, we can't do that is Senator Ted Cruz, who is known to be, you know, I mean, look, he was the last man standing in the primary against um, Donald Trump. I would be not surprised if he runs for president again. He said that's the first step towards World War Three. And you have to agree with him. We can't be that police, that police on that part of the world. It's devastating what happens. We should help them. We should set up. We should make it. We should negotiate with Russia to allow us to help the civilians over there. I mean, I heard something horrible that we were going to send over thousands of bulletproof vests um, and they were stolen before they even got to Ukraine. All these monies and funding and insulin and I don't know how it actually gets to the people. And that is something that can be negotiated that should be negotiated by whether it's the United Nations or someone has to step in to to stop the devastation. But the devastation has to stop and we need to help in the most reasonable way possible. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732 863 It's Dr. Lederman speaking with 007 about prostate cancer. You're 007. The real 007. I was diagnosed in 2005 with prostate cancer. I requested a biopsy. Why? Going up, I got a biopsy that I had cancer in my prostate. And then the doctor told you, hey, you got to have... Surgery. Did your doctor tell you about Dr. Lederman and radio surgery? It's his bread and butter to operate. Not only do they leave the cancer behind, which is the most important thing, but you're incontinent and your sex life is kaput. I knew about your uh, treatment, which was very easy to do. Fifteen years later, your PSA is zero. My uh, urinary life is okay. uh, My sex life is very good. For more cancer information, call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. 1384 Broadway. Call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. With all the running around I do, it makes me feel great to realize and confident to know that every day that I'm taking Relief Factor, I'm getting rid and have gotten rid of that lower back pain that has plagued me for years. You know, my personal story with Relief Factor is pretty simple. I had a hip replacement, had lower back pain for years. It was still there, wasn't terrible. It was about two or three on the pain scale, right? And I heard about Relief Factor on the radio. I thought, I'm going to give it a try. In about two and a half weeks of taking Relief Factor every day, just in the way they told me to take it, 
a 100% drug-free product. I woke up one morning and realized my lower back pain was gone. Now, I want to see if we can get you out of pain, whether it's back pain like me, hip pain, shoulder pain, knee pain. If you've tried everything but haven't tried Relief Factor, make today the day you go to relieffactor.com. Make today the day you try it. Three weeks, 1995, that's the quick start. See if it works for you or not. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84 for the one and only Relief Factor. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Flavor Flav is 63 today. 63. 1989, the year I graduated from uh, the State University of New York at Purchase. 1989. Uh, you know who else's birthday is today? Would have been today? Tell me. Jerry Lewis. There you go. How old would Jerry Lewis have been today? What do you think? 96? Oh, 96. Wow, that's a good That's a good educated guess. 96 for Jerry Lewis. We who the Friars Club Monastery, which is located on 55th Street on Friars Way, is named after Jerry Lewis because of his comedic exploits. So um, tonight I am going to an event that my dad has been taking me to for decades, uh, and we're kind of crashing. Uh, my dad's not going tonight, but I'm going. But we have been kind of crashing as Sicilian-Americans. Uh, it is the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's Dinner. And that used to be, it, it was always held on St. Patty's Day night. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why they're doing it a night earlier. But just to show you how the, the Irish are dependent on the Italian-American community, take a guess where it's being held. Cipriani. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go to uh, the St. Patrick's, uh, the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's. is a great charitable organization. And, you know, all the muckety-mucks will be there. The mayor will be there. And usually the governor is there. And the cardinal will be there. Um, I'm going as a guest of my friend Vincent IgG uh, Lavienne. Uh, it's a fun night, uh, even when you are on uh, the wagon as I am, as giving it up for Lent. But I discovered you had something yesterday. Uh, a friend of mine was like, because I said, you feel so awkward. Like everyone's ordering a drink. and a, But if you look at the bartender, you go, yeah, can I get a Heineken Zero? That's the Heineken with no booze in it. And it's not great, but it's not horrible. And at least you're standing there with a with a beer mug or a pint of beer as opposed to my normal self. So although my trick at the Friars Club is I just tell Willie, the bartender, I go, yeah, let me get my regular. And he knows that's a seltzer with a lemon and a lime with a straw in it. And, you know, I can tell anyone it's vodka or gin or whatever the hell it is. Of course, then there's um, my friend who it breaks my heart. Joe Sibilia, who is a friar and goes to the Friars Club, the poor kid gets four sodas, maybe five, and they charge him fifty bucks or forty something bucks. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna try as the president over there, gonna try to work on it. But, um, you know, for those of us who in the past have worn tuxedos uh, on a regular basis, it's not a, when I say regular. I'm, I'm not the mayor wearing one once a week, but it probably it's a four or five time a year situation. 
And, um, you know, let's see, the COVID has hit all of us a little differently around the waistline. So I actually have three tuxedos. I have two black ones and one, uh, like, midnight blue that I wore at my wedding. Um, so I didn't even think about going with the midnight blue one because that's the smallest one because I made sure I was in great shape because when I walked down the aisle with Marianne after all of our years of courtship, I wanted to make sure I looked good, and, and I did look reasonably good. I mean, it was I was passable, let's put it that way. Um, so I grabbed the first black one, and it was it was kind of big. And I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, it's been two and a half years since I put on a tuxedo. Um, then I put on the second one, and it was a little smaller, but it was kind of big. And I was like, okay, let me go back downstairs to the little storage closet, and let me put on the wedding tuxedo. And it fit. It fit great, actually. And I am putting it on uh, as we speak because I am going to the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's dinner, and I'm excited to go and uh, celebrate, you know, New York and celebrate um, New York's comeback. Um, speaking of those things that have changed in New York and New York's comeback, one of the things that, that's going to bring in a lot, a lot, a lot of money for New York, and it's so obvious, is this whole gambling thing that I've been speaking of. The cover of the Daily News. So it's a wrap. Okay. It's not the real Daily News. God knows what they pay to do this wrap. And it's um, Resorts World Bet. It's like a full page. And it looks like the Daily News. It has the Daily News masthead, $3, NewYorkDailyNews.com, Wednesday, March, sports final. And they have a basketball player on the cover. And I'm thinking it's going to be, it's Kyrie Irving when I first look at it because. We'll talk about what he did, but he set a record last night. But nope, it's a full wrap over the um, over the real paper. And the first one is risk-free bet up to 500 bucks. Then it's they have a picture of a couch, a basketball on your phone. Bet from the comfort of your couch. And this is all obviously geared towards the final four. Um, you know, and of course at the bottom right hand corner on the inside it says gambling problem. Uh, call one eight seven seven eight hope ny or text hope ny. Um, but boy, oh boy, are they making sure that we are not going to forget that we could bring billions of dollars into our community by people losing money on gambling? Because that's if everyone won, uh, we wouldn't be bringing all this money into the into our coffers. So this is all of your money. So just look at it as a different form of taxation. It's just one that you're choosing to participate in. The one that I am I'm not choosing to participate in, but I'm getting nailed are the safety of these um speeding cameras. Oh my gosh, sweet mother of pearl. It's like a little gift I get every week. Fifty bucks, fifty bucks, fifty bucks. Um, not, and I'm not going super fast. Like I'm going 37, something like that. I mean, it's in the 25 and it, that's the way we, it, cause the speed limit used to be 35. So that's like how I'm kind of the, the speed that I'm accustomed to drive. Um, well, speaking of celebrations, um, Kyrie Irving, who, um, People, you know, there's all kinds of crazy bets. I heard about this bet. I was talking to this guy the other night on all base basketball games. San Bellino, you could bet on any of these Caesars or which is this one I was just talking about? The Resorts World. MGM. MGM. First, yeah. first team to score 20 points. 
So it's got that's, nothing to do with the win, with winning. And, there's, and, there's even bets where you can bet on the person that scores the first basket of, of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you could bet on every aspect of the game. Um, it, to me, it kind of takes the fun out of basketball. Instead of rooting for your team to win, you know, you're not rooting for your team to win. Uh, you're re- rooting for them to win by a certain margin and at a certain point and... I don't know. Nick, are you doing a lot of gambling these days? I do zero gambling. Yeah, okay. So it's Sam Bellino. He's a real degenerate. Is that <laughs> right. what it is? I don't think so. My wife would kill me. No way. So uh, what do you mean your wife would kill you? Hey, look. I don't need to be betting away the money. It's a box wait, of diapers is expensive. You know Thanks, what, inflation. You, your wife knows what you do with your money? Sometimes, yeah. Well, you well, some, oh, don't you have that little, you know, little slush fund? Yeah, I do, actually. The, the last time <laughs> I put in a bet was when Shane Battier was a part of the Duke Blue Devils, and I bet my brother $1 that Duke would win the, the national championship. They won that year, and I got $1. Oh, there you go. And I you're, never bet again. You're you're ahead of the game. Um, So last night for the Brooklyn Nets, who have not had a lot of good news lately, I think they're seven out of eight of the teams that could get into the playoffs. Um, They went down to... Uh, Orlando, Florida, and uh, they played the Magic, which are, I think, if they're not the worst team, the second worst team in the whole league. And Kyrie Irving, who only plays in away games and not in home games because he's not vaccinated, scored 60 points, um, which is a pretty big deal. I, I've never even heard of that before. Um, and the week uh, over the weekend, um, KD scored 53 points, Kevin Durant. So... And I, there was some sort of record about two players scoring more than 50 points in two consecutive games. I would like, I think I'm going to the Nets game next week. I would like to see the Nets, you know, do something and give us some excitement. Maybe Irving could get the, the shot in the arm. The Yankees and the Mets are going to have to get the shot in the arm. And the one who's being really coy about it for the Yankees is Aaron Judge. He's not talking about, you know, whether he's vaccinated or not. He's clearly not because if he was, he would just kill the controversy and be like, yeah, I got the jab. It's over. Let's move on. Um,. That's it. I gotta become. I gotta put my Irish on, uh, and go and uh, hang out with all my buddies at Cipriani to celebrate St. Patty's Day. Be safe tomorrow. It seems like the city is about to explode with Irish pride, which is great because it's been pent up for basically two years. But uh, just remember, St. Patrick. He was a great Italian guy. No, that's only a joke. <laughs> Have fun, everyone. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.